You're listening to the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, your source for news, reviews, and questions about the cell phone industry. Visit us at www.thecellphonejunkie.com. Hello and welcome to the Cell Phone Junkie, show number 64. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppice. And we are back for another round of news, devices, software, questions, comments, and anything else that we can think of to talk about today. So, you know, Joey, it's only been like, uh, I don't know, maybe five days since we had the last show, but, you know, already a lot of news here. Um, the first one that I wanted to, the first thing I wanted to mention before we get going on the stuff is uh, I spent uh, another week, and I mentioned this, I think, about a month ago um, on the msmobiles.com podcast. And if you're not familiar with it and you're interested in Windows Mobile devices and and everything that's in the world surrounding Windows Mobile, msmobiles.com uh, is a, a great site for information um, on those particular devices. And I've spent oh probably about six weeks um, on their show doing kind of what they call chit-chats and just spending time talking about what's going on. They're a, 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 a show that's based in, in Europe, and so talking about what's going on here in the U.S. as far as Windows Mobile-based devices. So I uh, just wanted to give a little plug there for uh, msmobiles.com. Uh, if you're interested in another great podcast, that's a good one to listen to. Uh, first off here, the uh, this is really not so much a news story, but just a story that that really kind of gets a lot of people going. And Sprint is raising their text messaging rates again. And they're going up from a, uh, from a, a 10 cent charge to a 15 cent charge. Um, and now up to a 20 cent charge. And this is going to be effective the first of October. And, you know, Joey is a Sprint customer. Um, obviously this will affect you cause you, I don't think you have a, a text messaging plan. Do you? No, I don't. This will affect me not very much because I maybe send five to ten messages a month, maybe at the most. So, it's it's just annoying. Yeah, and it, and it really is. And and the the link that we're going to throw up in the show notes here is for from the uh, consumerist dot com website, and this is basically a way that will get you out of your contract, uh, according to them at least by calling up and stating that because of the change in the terms and conditions, you are allowed to get out of your contract for it. So uh, this has been very controversial over the last few months and, and with the different providers that have, have raised their rates for overage charges for text messaging. And some people have said they've had success getting out of contracts. Some people uh, have said it, it hasn't really worked too well. But anyway, just uh, an interesting story. The Consumerist is a great site to follow uh, if you don't for, for various topics for basically any consumer-related products. Next one here is a service from Sprint that we have kind of been looking forward to. It's the WiMAX service. And the thing that we're really not looking forward to is the name. And the name that they came out with... Um, and I, I, unless I would have read this, I would have not have picked this up. It's X O H M is how it's spelled, and it's, I guess it's pronounced Zome. And Zome is going to be the obviously the fourth generation high speed data network that uh, they have for um, for Sprint, and it's in conjunction 
with uh, with Clearwire. They've done a, a network sharing agreement with with them. And by the end of 2008, they're talking about 100 million people being covered with this service. Uh, probably around they're saying 125 million by 2010. The initial build out is going to start uh, sometime at the end of 2007 with initial rollouts in Chicago, Baltimore, and Washington. So if you're in any of those metropolitan areas, you should be uh, good to go if you want to try out that service. the The cost for Sprint is about 2.5 billion. So it's a pretty pretty heavy duty uh, service that you're. Uh, uh, investment that they're making, I guess, is the best way to put it. And uh, so, anyway, that's that's kind of that service, and and what they what they have to offer. So they're 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 getting there, I guess. This is going to be one of their things that it's going to keep them in the game. Yeah, it, I mean, as long as they market it appropriately, it could obviously very uh, it, it could be very lucrative to them because again, Sprint has beat the competition to the punch on the next generation high speed data. But if it's anything like what they did with the, the EVDO launch, they're not going to really push it that hard, and they're not going to use it to its potential as far as marketing and as far as services that they could market on that uh, high-speed network. So it's, it'll be interesting to see how it, how it plays out. And I think you have quite a bit of, of interest in a 4G network to get, to get people... The, to get people connected uh, at speeds that are, yeah, 3G is nice. 3G is very nice. 3G is even, in some people's case, a DSL or cable internet replacement. But it doesn't work for everybody. And so something like this, which will then bring a lot faster speeds to a lot wider area, will be be a big key. And, and like you said, their, their success is going to be on, on some great marketing and if they can really make this make this appear to the the consumer that it's going to be something that everybody needs to get. Well, in the device world, the Motorola Q9M has kind of taken a lot of our time and been one of the devices we've been talking about. Uh, this past week, August 17th, which I th- was Friday, uh, there was some information. Boy Genius kind of gets his hands on everything. And uh, the information that he has now on this is that Q9M for Verizon will be released uh, probably on the 22nd, which is coming up here this this week here, and that is going to be through business channels and web channels. So you may be able to order it uh, online. Full retail availability, he's saying, is going to be coming out on the 29th, so a week later. Pricing a little bit higher than I would have hoped. Uh, $349 with a two-year contract, $399 with a one-year contract, and if you just want to buy it with no contract, $469. So I just re-signed my contract and picked up the BlackBerry 8830, and I was actually I was kind of thinking about it, Joey. I really was kind of thinking, you know what? I, it's been a while since I used the Q, and uh, you know they've got this new one coming out now, and it's got some. You know some some different physical changes to it, but for me to go out and spend four hundred and seventy dollars on that is just it's I I don't know that I could do it and even three fifty for this device um, I I don't know I mean you're I I know you have someone in your your corporation that just picked up the Q but I mean would you consider you know upgrading them to this one or am I am I just crazy this doesn't seem like we're getting a whole lot for the for the dollar here. Uh, we're not getting much for the buck at all. There's very little, very little upgrades here. They've got. Uh, it looks like you know, obviously, you're getting Windows Mobile six, 
we're getting um, uh, a little bit more EVD. Uh, I'm sorry, the the mini SD card supports up to four gigs. Uh, Vcast something or other on the Verizon network here, and then yeah. there's an expanded home screen. Wow. Yeah, that's not very thrilling. Some of the other things that I think people that you may be interested in in knowing or knowing what what you're not getting, you're not getting EVDO Rev A at least according to initial reports here. No upgrade in the the ROM or the RAM. Still 128 ROM, 64 RAM. The yeah, like you said, Windows Mobile six, but still a 1.3 megapixel camera. I mean, it's just it's not doing a whole lot as far as the upgrades to it. The and the the worst thing is it's bigger, physically bigger. <laughs> it is bigger. It is different keyboard, I guess. Which was my biggest gripe about the initial one was the the, the cruddy keyboard and and just my issues with it. I know some of the the later the later editions of that uh, the initial launch, the initial version have have kind of fixed some of the issues I had, but still, I, I don't know. It's we'll see when it comes out. I'll definitely be in Verizon checking one out and you know if well, let's just say if i can get verizon to to trade me i may go for it um you know and maybe pay the 50 dollars to upgrade it uh I, I may try it just to try it out um but the 8830 is really doing me good right now and i'm really liking it so um we'll, we'll have to see about that um <laughs> the next one here the htc vox is been been a device that htc has had out for a while uh, through OEM channels, but it uh, looks like Verizon's going to be possibly picking it up here in October as the UT Starcom SMT5800, and it's going to have upgradable um, EVDO to hopefully Rev-A and uh, your, just your typical other standards like a 2-megapixel camera, uh, you know, 64 uh, RAM, 128 ROM, stuff like that. Um, the nice thing about this one is it does have a slide-out keyboard. A little bit different than that then the Samsung, the i6, um, is it the 607? I can't remember the number right now. Um, that that we were talking about on one of the last shows. But this one does have this one does have the slide out keyboard. It it's gotten mixed reviews, so we'll make sure to follow this one going forward if if that one uh, gets any traction um, out of the rumor mill. And then last but not least, as far as our our latest Boy Genius report information is the BlackBerry Pearl on Verizon. What I like about this, other than they haven't had a Pearl. Uh, since the I think the 7100 series, which wasn't the Pearl, but um, but that the, with the Sure Type technology on it, this one actually has a camera on it. the The BlackBerry 8130 is what they're they're calling this one has a camera, and Verizon hasn't had a, a camera on any of its Blackberries, and this is really a step in the right direction for the consumer market. This is is different um, than than like I said than any other one that they've had. So. Uh, moving forward, I'd hope to see that on some of their other devices. I would love to see a Curve come out for as an option for them. The the BlackBerry Curve is a nice device that AT and T offers, and um, and I know T Mobile, if it's not out there yet, is is getting it in the, in the very near future. And um, I'd like to see that on Verizon as well. So so those are the the, uh, the devices from from Verizon. Now, Joey, you're a big Palm guy. What do you think of this? This Palm Centro that got released this week here. This is, um, <laughs> I wouldn't exactly well, call earth shattering. I, I don't think it's released. It's just the, the information leaked about it, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it's not exactly. It's not not actually released. It's just it was showed off by Palm at what they called their their Sprint Summit. Um, what do you think? <laughs> so 
what limited information here that's on the uh, Mobility Today site says that it's going to be a, uh, a an entry level targeting a younger demographic new to the smartphone space. Um, supposedly has EVDO and supposedly going to be around a hundred bucks. Uh, it's got a full QWERTY keyboard and a touch screen. Um, yeah, I'm not. I, I don't think this phone will go anywhere. Palm has repeatedly done this with their their, their old Palm OS palm pilots or whatever you call them back in the day and they went nowhere they just they never sold and they they they, all they did was limit the memory to make them almost worthless and i I just i don't see it happening because people who want smartphones they're not younger crowds they're business crowds and they don't want super restricted features so uh, i yeah it's not going anywhere yeah, it it really does appear to be targeting a a younger demographic. So I think that's who we may see this. I, I you know what? I almost want to compare it to kind of the crowd that the sidekick goes after, and where it 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 has it has basically a lot of functionality to it, but it's it's just got that 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 coolness factor to it. That that and and looking at this this tiny picture here with limited information, I don't know maybe. Maybe, maybe not. Actually, on the uh, the Palm Info Center site, the picture is much bigger, and and if you look at the fingers on that picture, uh, zooming it in even further, that makes that device look extremely tiny. So maybe that's where its niche is. That that only looks like it's two inches wide. That phone. Yeah, that does look um, pretty small. It looks really small. And this is this is a this is a great picture here. I will um, I'll be sure to include this one because if you're interested in this phone, it it really will show you this. How can you type on that keyboard? I, that's what I was just thinking myself, looking at that picture. I, I you'd have to use the edge of your fingernail to hit those buttons. I mean, that that guy's hand that's holding it, you, the fingers, it, the 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 his, the width of his finger is what three one two keys. three keys. Three keys wide. Three keys, and I'm I'm looking at my BlackBerry, and I'm two. But at the holy cow, that's a I'm looking trying to put another. Well, maybe that's that's the younger demographic there. You have to have tiny fingers. So wow, that's that's a great that's a great picture. Check this one out. This is this is pretty neat. Um, just to to kind of see that. I guess that would make we got to get some specs on this one. So we'll be sure to be following this one as well because that uh, boy, that's tiny. <laughs> yeah, it's tiny. Yeah. Hey, on the software side here. I have to uh, I have to thank Harry for this one. I've got a great link here that I, I would have never found, and this is to uh, to the BlackBerry site uh, and one of their products that they have called uh, BlackBerry Enterprise Server Express. And what this is geared towards is, I guess, the individual or the small business who wants a free way to get one or at least a, a small number of Blackberries online uh, with not having to make a significant investment. And it looks like one BlackBerry is included with this with the download of this BlackBerry Enterprise Server Express, and you can add up to uh, fifteen other users um, with additional cost to it. But what's great is that it allows you if you're running an Exchange server or um, you know Lotus Notes or a Groupwise server, you're able to you're able to launch this. And get all your information pushed out to you. So if you're someone who doesn't want to go the Windows Mobile route and wants to, you know, have a, a full true push experience, 
you know, you can try it out at least with one device and see if it's right for you. Now, I guess oh. the da- the downside of it is that you're not going to be able to, you know, you it, it, there's probably some limited, obviously limited numbers. So expandability, you're going to have to upgrade to that the full bez. But um, where are you well, going to say small, that, Joey? For a small business, that's a that's a spectacular deal because uh, just just today I was in the discussion about possibly having to get a BlackBerry World Edition, um, and having the lack of a BlackBerry Enterprise server makes the BlackBerry kind of useless compared to the Q with full active sync. Um, not having the calendar, the email syncing like that, it would make the device pretty much pretty much worthless to have the BlackBerry. But with the full Enterprise server, it, you get the full functionality back. So, and I will, um, you know, I wish I I wish I had an, a uh, my own server that I could try this out on. Unfortunately, I don't. Um, but I know Harry was was kind of thinking about it, and and so if he's if he can find a way, if he can find a way to, to run his own server or, or someone else that's out there, uh, like I said, obviously, like with everything else, there'll be a link in the show notes for it. But this is this is a great uh, this is a great find, and and thanks to him for finding this. Uh, next here is uh, an upgrade to one of your the programs that you've talked about, Joey, for the the Palm OS, and that's the Take Phone. And uh, why don't you talk a little bit about this one? Yeah, this Take Phone, it, it, I use it on my Samsung i500. Uh, I use it on the Palm OS 4. It, it works spectacular on this phone and is uh, basically required to use this. Otherwise, dialing the phone is awful with the, the built-in Palm and the built-in Samsung um, contact manager. But if you have a Palm Trio or one of the other devices, the uh, Cryosera 7135, I think it is, uh, this is just... This is bar none the uh, a great dialer and a contact manager. So I, I I recommend it just full you know full heartedly. And uh, I don't work for them or have any vested interest, but just it's a great program. And I think that's a that's the best way to get advice. And we're going to talk a little bit more about some software here in in one of our comments. But I think that's the best way to to find software is to get that recommendation so if you are if you're a palm user and you're looking to get a good a good phone dialer um for the for any of the the devices that are out there this they've just upgraded it so 20 bucks and uh you can pick it up on sale for 17 right now at the palm info center store that's where this link is from it's 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 you there's a free trial as well but it's worth 50 i mean it's a great program nice very nice Onto the questions and comments here. First question here is from from Triton. We've heard from Triton in the past, and we'll kind of we're going to stop in the in the middle of his question here to because um, there's multiple questions, and I want to make sure that we we don't miss any of them. So we'll kind of stop as we go through it. Anyway, he says he took the jump to the Palm Trio 755P on Sprint, thinking it would be a better device coming from Palm or excuse me, coming from a Palm TX. After some looking around on the web, I'm wondering if I made a mistake and wonder if you could answer some questions. I added the unlimited data and 1,000 text messages to my trio for 20 bucks as I qualify for government pricing. This allows me to get my email, surf the web, and use threaded text messaging with coworkers without issues. But after purchasing the trio, I found I would need to add a $39.99 add-on to tether my laptop to the trio. Is this true? Um we were kind of looking at some, some sprint plans and it appears that if you have a $40 plan, it does not specifically say tethering is an additional add on. So 
we're going with you're going to have to get a $40 data plan in order to be able to do the tethering. Now, I what I would do is I would talk to anyone at Sprint that can that can talk to you about government plans and find out what tethering would be. If you're getting all that Yeah, cuz usually for Sprint it's $15 additional and that's what I've seen on a couple of the data plans. But then looking at Sprint site right now, their regular plans, they have an unlimited data with tethering for $40 a month. So I think you'd replace your current data plan that you're probably spending, I don't know, $30, $15 a month, well, depending on your plan, um, with a with a $40 plan. But if you've got a special, you know, if it's a special government plan, yeah, you may, it may end up being $40, but I kind of don't think so. Yeah, so kind of look into that a little bit. But anyway, he goes on. So far, the trio has been okay. A few bumps uh, with resets uh, with the with the Blazor, uh, or with Blazor, which is the, the web browser. Slow movement from screen to screen and some drop connections when connecting to the uh, AT&T servers for email. But all in all, a good experience. I was surfing tonight and spotted a comparison between the BlackBerry 8830 and the Trio 755P. They stated in the BlackBerryForums.com forums that the 8830 World Phone on Sprint can be used um, as a tether for free as long as you have the unlimited $40 data plan. Is that true? Uh, yes, we know that is true. <laughs> That's one thing we do know is true. Well, we, uh, we think it is. It, it looks like it is, uh, all the documentation. Yeah, it, exactly. Um, also, I, I, I also didn't realize that the Trio needs a, a GPS puck. He means a GPS Bluetooth um, separate device for navigation, and the BlackBerry can use this um, out of the box. Is that true? Yes, that is true. The BlackBerry 8830 does have a built-in GPS receiver. Uh, on a side note, the Verizon 8830, the one I have, has a built-in GPS receiver as well, but the Verizon software has crippled the functionality, and so I am unable to use it because they want me to spend $10 on the, uh, the, uh, the, the, their software that they sell. And um, Anyway... <laughs> back on track. Uh, can you really have Google Maps for free and use the device um, on the device and use it for driving directions in real time to see yourself? Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the great thing about it. It's got a GPS receiver in there. You load Google Maps. Google Maps has functionality built in that allows you to to pull if you have an internal GPS receiver, pull the information that's being fed to that receiver and use it. So yeah, it works out really, really well. Um, how does the phone answer when you use this feature? Uh, my guess is that it would just, quite honestly, leave the mapping program, take you to the phone screen, but the Blackberries are able to kind of multitask, and so you'd be able to, to pull back to, uh, to, um, to the screen to be able to see what you were doing. You know, and maybe, because my Palm phone, when it, uh, a call comes in, I have dedicated keys to answer and hang up calls, and what happens is, no matter what application I'm in, I can just it comes up with a dialog box over the screen and it says, do you wish to uh, answer an incoming call? You can say yes, no, or uh, silence it. Um, if you answer yes, it doesn't take you out of the application you're working in. So I would imagine it's probably the exact same way on, on the, the later poems. So it, it'll probably just show a dialog box saying um, answer or not. And uh, you could probably just continue to, to, to see your mapping program as you're on the phone. That's a good point. I, I'm sure someone's tried it um, and, and could, could very easily clear up that for us. Um, any, or another feature I want to be able to do is email my coworkers direct to their phones uh, using an example of 
555-1212 at page.nextel.com. When I talked to my buddy who had the 7100, he claimed uh, he was charged an SMS text message on Nextel and not uh, didn't go through as an email. Why is this? You know, Joey, both of us agreed on this, that there, whenever there's a, a message that's sent to the phone through the phone number at, and then whatever it is, mysingular.com or VZW email or whatever any of those, those, those suffixes is, are after the at sign, those are usually text messages. I hadn't heard any differently about that. Um, if you wanted to send an email directly to that person, You'd have to. They'd have to have some sort of email account set up on the phone through a data plan, like a like a BlackBerry works or something like that. But that I'm not aware that that works uh, to go directly to an email. It's that's to get it there. It's a text costs you a text message. Um, another statement I found was using the BlackBerry.net address is not worth it because you get too much spam. Um, it was better to create a Gmail account or other Pop3 account to push email from your phone to avoid spam. Have you heard of this? Nope, I had a BlackBerry.net address. I had no problems with spam. I would say the only reason that it would have been spammy <laughs> for somebody <laughs> is because they had maybe given it out to a website or something and started to get spam through it. It's the only thing I can think of. I did not get one spam message through it. I used it for quite a while. I had a bunch of my corporate email redirected to that. So um, I, w- I would say I have not heard of that. So anyway, thanks for writing in, Triton. Uh, appreciate um kind of getting into some of those details. Uh, those are great. Hopefully they've helped some others out as well. Some comments here this week from Jared. He says, being a former AT&T employee, I can give you some more information about TDMA. Just about everyone that is left on TDMA are on very old grandfathered plans. Most of the customers left um, on, are on these older plans. The big one that I saw was the $0 per month, 10 cents per minute. So for a phone that's only for an emergency, a $5 charge, or now even the $10 charge, is still a pretty good deal. It was very rare that I saw someone on a plan other than with TDMA other than some of the old digital one rate where they needed the coverage in the rural areas that GSM did not exist on. The demographic, per se, is just in the middle of nowhere um, or people that are on the $0 plan. That's a great point, Joey, because I used to have an old AirTouch plan with my old MicroTAC, and I had that exact same thing. It, I think it was like $0.25 cents a minute, but it was a $0 plan, and they finally bumped it up to 10 bucks a month, and uh, then you, you, but you got no minutes. It was still $0.25, cents and, and that, but it was still a deal. So Yeah, and of course, now that you're into that territory, you might as well pick up uh, a pay-as-you-go, pay maybe as you like go. a Virgin Mobile, because Virgin Mobile, you do, it's a, it, is about, it ends up being about $13 a month minimum, but yeah, you're buying minutes with that, so you'll actually stockpile minutes. So once you do end up using your phone, maybe on a bursty month or something, or a, just any sort of streak, you'll have plenty of minutes to, to spare, and you don't have to worry about it then, um, and worry about how much you're racking up. Because yeah, you have to. It, it basically works out to be thirteen dollars a month, but you're you're not losing those minutes. Yeah. So. There, there are some, there are some good reasons when you get to that ten dollar point to leave it. So, uh, his second comment was uh, about the second quarter results that we talked about last week. He says, "I don't know the numbers, but I know Verizon now has more postpaid subscribers than Singular. Um, I guess Singular then just has that many prepaid customers, and I would say that that would kind of make a little bit of sense. I mean, they do sell in." 
you know, a lot of different areas. I mean, you can go to Target, you can go to, you know, the local Circle K and pick up a prepaid phone from Singular. So maybe they're just got a lot of prepaid numbers. Anyway, number three, uh, he says, uh, regarding the two new Qs, the Motorola rep told me the difference between the two is that Verizon's getting one that's going to be more uh, music-centric and the other one is going to be more business-oriented. Uh, um, okay, that's that's good to know. I mean, it, I kind of gathered that as well. Um, number four, to the person who is looking for the software on the queue, uh, you may want to mention Google Maps, uh, google.com slash GMM. Um, many GSM phones work well with it, and a lot of people think it's just for PDAs. And that's a good point. I, I didn't mention that one last week, but that is a great program, and I, I have loved using Google Maps on pretty much every phone uh, that I've had in the last year. And number five, also uh, to the guy with the queue, uh, I would have Verizon transfer, excuse me, he says, I would have Verizon transfer your minutes, or excuse me, your, your contacts to the queue, and then use uh, wireless sync software that Verizon offers for free uh, with the internet plan so that you can back up your contacts similar to backup assistant. Um, also, there's a change last October. If you are in a my account, are a my account member registered to view your bill online, backup assistant is free. You don't need to pay the two dollars a month. So that's great to know. Comment here from Lewis. He says, first thing, great show. Keep up the good work. And now for my comment. In response to your comment uh, you had in your episode 63 about external antennas uh, and the GSM phones. GSM phones definitely had external antennas at one point. I still have my old um, and non-functioning Ericsson T18 with an external and extendable antenna, which worked great for the time. I think that GSM phones have evolved more rapidly than CDMA phones uh, because of the market size. Uh, I remember stub antennas on GSM phones before CDMA phones and completely internal antennas like the old Nokia 3390, long before their CDMA cousins. My guess about this is that GSM phones were primarily used and developed for European markets where coverage is pretty much is generally much better and towers are more tightly spaced than towers um, in larger countries like the US, Canada, and Australia where CDMA is used. Uh, the marginally worse reception due to the internal antenna then was much less of an issue. What do you think? Well, we kind of mentioned that where there, as we've kind of come along and we've got a lot more density and that was one of the biggest reasons um, as far as density of the number of phones used in an area that you can only have a certain number of channels that are available that can get back to the switch, then can then get out. Uh, obviously, meaning you need, at, at the very least, microcells or even pico cells to cover an area for the number of people. So, yeah, I mean, there we've we've talked about a number of these factors. I don't know if I would necessarily say that because it, it was Europe versus the U.S. Because when you think about it, you still had GSM stuff getting built back in the U.S. back in the time when there were a lot, I mean, pretty much every CDMA phone had an external antenna, but so I, I don't know. I think it, it's, that's, that's the, ve- I think it's very plausible. That's the re I, I think that's a very plausible reason. We've, we've got another one coming up here that, um, uh, that we'll talk about here in just a minute. Um, but the, the idea of, of having external antennas and, in what I where I think this is the uh, one of the biggest reasons too um, has to do with analog and the next one here 
comment here is from uh, someone named AK. And I guess this retractable external antenna thing here really is kind of getting people going because he says, hello to all fellow cell phone junkies regarding GSM and retractable antennas. Uh, GSM did indeed have retractable antennas. However, I think that by the time GSM came to our shores, the retractable antenna was generally uh, not generally needed. It had dropped out of the phone design. I remember in 1999 using the GSM 900 phone uh, in Europe, and it had a retractable antenna, which did indeed improve reception in some areas. I believe that because penetration improved in Europe, the retractable antenna had was reworked into the stub antenna and eventually into the built-in antenna that we know today. I think because American GSM phones were essentially European models with the 1900 and, not, and uh, 800 instead of 900 and 1800 bands, or they were just tri-quad band, the retractable never made it over here. I believe that CDMA phones still have a retractable antenna due to the AMPS compatibility. All of the newer CDMA digital-only phones that I have seen either have a built-in or stub antenna, not retractable. Uh, With the demise of AMPS, I think we will see the demise of the retractable antenna. I've been meaning to call in on the subject for quite a while, and... uh, but your number uh, was not in the podcast now, so I kept forgetting to look on your page. Keep up the interesting show, a.k.a. the Admiral from uh, HOFO, which is howardforums.com, which is one of the sites that I, I post the um, the show on every week. And uh, anyway, so thank you very much for that. So, boy, that's that's really a, a quite uh, an interesting and debatable topic. And <clears throat> Joey, what, what else do we have to add to this? I mean, I guess it, there's a lot of speculation and... And I, I think for the most part, we've, we've kind of beat the horse down. And I think there's, uh, there's not just one reason why we haven't seen the external antenna, the extendable no, there, antenna. No, there is not a, a particular reason. Just the same way. It, you know, it's just market trends, device trends. You know, people don't really like the extendable antenna. You know, technology improves on the antennas themselves. The, the cell phones improve. There's more towers. It, I, I think it, I, you know, I think he's right. I think that's probably just, it just, happens that way it just just so happens to be that uh you know in europe yeah there was way more coverage which requires less antennas you know on the phone shorter antennas they work better no i I think it just leads right into that and i think the amps compatibility on the cdma phones was a big part of why there was uh, antennas for quite a quite a while there and you know i i yeah yeah and and i think you know, if, if anyone else has any other comments on it, please shoot them in or call them in. Um, just because we'd like to, we'd like to get you know as many varying opinions on this as we can. But um, you know, as far as as far as we're concerned, this is we pretty much have discussed all the reasons that we can come up with that are so. The horse has not only been beaten; uh, it's on the side of the road and um, it's rotting. <laughs> that's yeah, that's a little far yeah that's a little far okay uh first voicemail here that we have is from matt and actually this is a couple of different voicemails that he sent in and these are some different uh version or some different software applications that he uses for his motorola q mickey this is matt from ohio again uh about the the uh, one listener is asking just got a qs for some applications uh as you know i try everything so I'll give you a few real quick. Uh, Shozu is one, S-H-O-Z-U. That's a cool one where you can actually upload photos directly from the phone to different sites and do other things. Um, man, there's a bunch. You've got, of course, Google Maps. You've got the Core Player, which is awesome. You've got uh, OgSync. OgSync is a O-G-G-S-Y-N-C that, you know, some of these are charged, but usually not that much because, you know, I'm a cheapskate. 
but OxSync actually makes you able to uh, uh, sync your Google Calendar with your phone, with your uh, calendar on the phone, which works perfect for me because I can set up a uh, calendar. Actually, I have a free version and a paid version. The free version will not do an auto sync, but the paid version does do an auto sync. And the paid version also lets you do multiple Google calendars syncing with your Outlook calendar on the phone. Uh, PDA Net is a good one. Still trying to work out the whole Bluetooth modem there, uh, but either by that or by cable, that works great for modem. Another one I just found out about is Pocket Express. There's a free version out there, actually, where you can get different things uh, automatically updated to the uh, phone, news updates, that type of stuff. There's, of course, the Sirius app out there, Audio Bay Player. That's through Handango. The uh, Another one is there's an Office application that you can find on the web if you search for Office for uh, smartphone for Windows Mobile. Um, that's another one where you can actually play. Well, not play, but you can actually view like Word and stuff like that. Files better, Excel. Um, that's pretty much it. Don't forget the Windows Live Search also. Just want to get those out there so your listeners have that. You know, you can make a no. You can get back to me if you ever have any questions or anything, and I'll if you want the links or something. I can find them, give them to you, or the CAB files. See ya. All right, Matt. Thanks very much for those. You know, I I should have definitely thought to ask you because I know you've been using the queue here for about a year, and and you've tried tons and tons of different applications for it. So thank you very much for sending those, uh, or sending both of those in, and um, hopefully that gets any of the queue users out there um, some information on on stuff that uh, that is good to use with it. Next here is a voicemail from Ryan, and Ryan has a question about the future of CDMA and GSM phones. Hey, Mickey, this is Ryan. Got a question for you about uh, some future technology I hope to see. Um, Recently, BlackBerry introduced that new World Edition phone. I believe it's the 8230. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, anyways, they introduced it as being uh, CDMA as well as the capacity of being a GSM phone. Um, I understand that the GSM um, frequencies only work over in Europe and Asia, I believe. They don't work on the uh, frequencies used here in the U.S. But anyways, my question is, do you see 4C, um, more of that technology being used here in the United States as far as just and not even just a smartphone, but uh, just a normal everyday cell phone, um, having that dual GSM CDMA capacity. Um, anyways, that was my question. Um, I uh, enjoy the show, and thank you. All right, Ryan. So the question, I guess, is with the the phones like the BlackBerry 8830, or I guess the BlackBerry 8830. Do we are are we going to see phones that have both GSM and CDMA built into them? Is that kind of the way of the future? And my comment on this is maybe. And Joey, I'm going to let you speak to this because you're a very opposed opinion to this. I think if we're going to see any sort of phones that have a convergence of the two technologies, it's going to be very business centric phones. And so I think there is a possibility. Um, Joey, not so much, huh? Well, you know, I I agree with you, Mickey. That's exactly where they're going to be. It's it's not going to be a consumer-type device. There's absolutely no need for it unless, you know, Verizon buys out T-Mobile or something or, you know, or AT&T and they merge. But, and then they'd, they'd actually have one technology anyway. So 
within the U.S., there's not going to be combined CDMA and GSM phones. It'll be like the 8830 where the GSM is not the U.S. networks. You you can't use it GSM uh, in the United States. So uh, I think maybe we'll see a Motorola Q or a uh, you know similar device to that that's running Windows Mobile. That will be uh, a world edition where it'll have GSM and CDMA. But I, that's going to be about it. There won't be any other type of devices that do. There's already a couple out there, but I think there are. I just, there's no market for it there, because regular consumers aren't going to be paying for it. So it's going to be a business only thing. And and quite honestly, if there if there is a consumer who's interested in using a phone here, using a phone overseas, that's that that's why you go to a GSM phone. I mean, that is really the whole, the whole reason. Yeah, you know, you'll switch to AT and T or T Mobile. And just have a international plan. You'll have a quad band phone, and that's the way it's going to be. I, I, yeah, there's no, there's, there's no there reason to make a razor yeah. with both in it. You know, we're you're looking for a cheap phone. I mean, you know, you're looking for a phone that's going to be a sub hundred dollar phone. Uh, I, I think there probably always will be one. Um, now that they've come out with it, it's a great opportunity for someone for Verizon to keep a customer that travels internationally. I mean, there's... Absolutely. You know, there's no... I'm re- surprised they didn't have one sooner, really. Well, you know, they, they had... Oh, I, darn it. Well, you know, that's right. Yeah, they did. They had that... It was just a, a Samsung... Uh, I think it was a, a Windows Mobile 2003 device. It was it was old. Um, and it wasn't... It didn't really do a whole lot. The, the Blackberries now have really... Have kind of brought that to the forefront. Um, and, and anyway... They uh, so I think we'll continue to see those, but other than that, probably not. But anyway, thank you for the question, Ryan. Uh, next one here is a voicemail from Craig. Hi, Nikki. This is Craig. I have listened to your show and uh, participating in a few of the last ones. I really like it and keep up the great work. I just wanted to ask if maybe you could touch on the Airwave, which uh, is made by Samsung and. Sprint will be launching that in the near future. I think it is a repeater for the CMA 1900 band, as well as a Wi-Fi connector, kind of like T-Mobile cost by home. But once again, I was just asking if you could touch on the Sprint Airwave by Samsung and just give us a little bit more info. Thanks. And have a great day. Okay, Craig, so if... If I understand where you're going with this one, um, you want to know about this. Um, you called it the Samsung Air Air Rave, I think is is how you pronounced it. Um, I think you're talking about the Samsung the Samsung UB Cell, uh, and that's that's one that uh, they were actually talking about this week. And it was first uh, set out at uh, CTIA this year, and it's very very simple. It's a box that you plug into your wall. And uh, you connect it in uh, through your Wi-Fi. And it basically then creates a cell phone tower, or what is known as a BDA, that provides about 5,000 square feet of reception. And it will apparently be unlimited. And this is all still very, you know, out there information. But any Sprint cell phone is supposedly going to work with this hotspot. It uses the local CDMA channels that would be used in the area to link phones into this and then sent out over the internet. And once on the internet, would go directly to Sprint. And, and it basically works very, very similarly to T-Mobile's UMA service. Um, 
it can support, I guess, up to about three phones or um, the lower speed 1XRTT data sessions. Um, and it does it all over Wi-Fi directly into Sprint's infrastructure through the internet. So I, I kind of neat. Um, and then it says also you can filter phone access to 50 handsets or data cards, which would be nice because you wouldn't, if you were in a public place, you wouldn't want a lot of people to have access to that if that was, uh, there's only support for three lines at a time. So anyway, pretty neat. I, I, it's a little bit different than, like I said, T-Mobile's, it, while it, it routes the, phone, the calls over, um, over the internet, this one apparently works with any phone that Sprint has versus just the couple that, that T-Mobile ha- has offered. So I kind of like that. Um, great for you, Joey, as a Sprint customer. Um, are there, would, th- would this be something that you would consider, or are you, is your coverage pretty good where you're at? My coverage is good where I'm at. Okay. Um, yeah, I I mean unless it has some other advantages, uh, the unlimited is pretty good. But I don't know. By the time I'm home and I'm, I have the eight p.m. night and weekend minutes, it it barely makes any difference. So it's not worth it's not worth dealing with it. Yeah, you know, and like I I would see this as an office setting type thing possibly. Um, I I could really find a lot yeah, of use, but 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 only three phones that may not be may yeah. not work that well but i suppose if you had a couple if if they work near each other and each one could handle three phones that that could that could be good but if a small office absolutely well i think a five that five thousand square feet too isn't that much and yet a few walls in there and you know you may need a couple if you've got a big building yeah so last but not least here a question from mike and he says hey mickey i love the show uh, do either you or Joey have any knowledge of the Open Moco phone, which is currently available from OpenMoco.org? It looks like a great alternative to the iPhone, and it is very uh, extensible. This, uh, the the Open Moco is is <laughs> is is different. <laughs> I'll just I don't know. Uh, it, Joey, you you had a lot of good information on on this that you found through uh, through Wikipedia that we'll throw in the show notes here. But um, I, I have a hard time saying, go ahead and, and talk a little bit about this. I have a hard time seeing the value in this one. I don't know. What I, what I think of this, just first glance here, just first opinion is, uh, yeah, it has potential, obviously, because it's wide open embedded framework here. But if there's not a solid, you know, not so much company, but you know, a company would help. But to have a real, you know, real solid foundation as far as development goes on it, you know, it could definitely stall out. You may see a few good apps here and there, but you may not see something real good. Obviously, it has the potential to be just the drop dead best phone ever, and I, you know, I just don't see it happening because it's, it, you know. Maybe disorganization of the you know the, the the support group, the underlying development group. Um, I haven't seen it in person, obviously, so I'm just kind of giving you my first impression here, just looking at it for the first time. Uh, the, the the second thing that really would scare off most of the people is the price. I mean, it's a initial developers only phone hardware itself is 300 bucks, and it's a full GSM phone. But uh, you know the mass market version saying uh expected to come out in october of 07 is supposed to be around 450 bucks and if this is supposed to be a competitor to the iphone well you're about the same price as an iphone already so why bother 
it's it's basically a an OS that's built on the Linux kernel. So it's the same type of environment that it's you know, it's 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 really neat looking. You know, it's got a really neat GUI on it, but it's not it doesn't have you're right, Joey, it doesn't have that support of you know, a company backing it or that's just completely vested in it. It could be great, but it could just completely be, you know, it, it could not, it, it may not take off. You may not have the people invested in it that need to be to develop the programs and stuff, you know, and, and I look at this and I say, okay, so is, is someone like Sling going to develop their client for it? You know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's purely a fringe device and it probably always will be a fringe device. Uh, you know, obviously it may not be, but I, it will be, it'll just, It'll be, you know, there'll be the few hackers that like that or the, you know, the few Uber geeks and it'll just stay that way. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, if you're an Uber geek and you want to get in touch with the uh, the cell phone junkie, either Joey or I, go ahead and shoot us an email at junkie at gmail.com or give us a call at 602-903-4116 and we'll be able to uh, get you on the show, answer any questions you have or play your comments. Uh, It's one of our favorite parts of the show. So, you know, until next time, uh, we will talk to you later. Thank you for listening.